0: metal scene, metal, thrash, Walmart, high is, and everything in between, all in one place, one day only. Unless it's a jacket. If you need a jacket, take your square ass somewhere else. Never pay for fabric you don't need, and ditch the sleeves, but save the rest for the Pacific Northwest Fest Fest this Saturday only at SeaTac. Bring a can of PBR, get it half price.
1: Daddy, Daddy, what are we going to do today?
2: At 2 p.m. on a Saturday afternoon.
1: Oh, over there, at the parklet in front of Atlas Cafe for Titans tons of comedy.
2: that That's Titans of comedy. Apparently, they've got great sandwiches, cafe drinks, and even some of my favorite beverages, like beer, wine, and sangria. All the things I drink to forget your mother.
1: My new Uncle Blake says you smell like a brewery.
2: What did I say about interrupting me? Anywho, right here on 20th and Alabama in the Deep Mission... Paired with tasty comedy from Bay Area's favorite comics. Every Saturday, or at least the two Saturdays a month that the court mandates I have to see you.
1: It's sunshine and even in a drizzle, but not too much. Hey, Daddy, remember after soccer practice when it was raining and you didn't come?
2: I really don't. Anywho. He
1: took it with the Fraser's. freezer van.
2: Reservations on Eventbrite, in public schools.
3: In a tri level dual world of stand up comedy, laughter has value and the unexpected laugh is priceless. Who is that live.com comedy? Local shows on sale now. Everyone that purchases a ticket will automatically be entered into a true drawing. Who wants to focus on the genre of stand-up comedy and those that... Who's that? <laughs> go to WhoIsThatLive.com for upcoming shows.
4: Join us on a
5: journey Wednesdays, into the absurd. Join
4: us on a journey into the absurd. Radio Havana, 1109 da-da Valencia, da-da Valencia da-da at 22nd. In San Francisco. The him
0: thing
3: at OMG third Fridays of every month at 730 come to OMG on Savory 6th Street for dgif thank God it's funny every third Friday at OMG check us out free shows great drink specials hilarious comics every Friday San Francisco you here we go free comedy with mutiny radio you know you love us third friday Fridays of every month, OMG, Sixth Street. Come on out with your friends. New Radio, CGIF at OMG.
6: The sun went down and the jungle fires were burning. Down the track came a hobo hiking. He said, boys, I'm not turning. I'm heading for a land that's far away beside that crystal fountain. I'll see you all this coming fall in the Big Rock Candy Mountains. In the Big Rock Candy Mountains, it's a land that's fair and bright handouts grow on bushes and you sleep out every night the boxcars all are empty the sun shines every day i'm bound to go where there ain't no snow where the sleet don't fall and the wind don't blow in the big rock candy mountains oh the buzzing of the bees in the cigarette trees by the soda water fountain by the lemonade springs where the bluebird sings in the big rock, Candy Mountains. In the big rock, the Mountains, you never change your socks. Little streams of alcohol come trickling down the rocks. Oh, the shacks all have to tip their hats. The railroad bulls are blind. There's a lake of stew and ginger ale, too. You can paddle all around it in a big canoe in the Big Rock Candy Mountains. Oh, the buzzing of the bees and the cigarette trees by the soda water fountain, by the lemonade springs where the bluebird sings in the Big Rock Candy Mountains. In the Big Rock Candy Mountains, the cops have wooden legs. The bulldogs all have rubber teeth, and the hens lace soft-boiled eggs. The boxcars all are empty, and the sun shines every day. I'm bound to go where there ain't no snow, where the sleet don't fall and the wind don't blow, in the big rock candy mountains. Oh, the buzzing of the bees in the cigarette trees, by the soda water fountain. By the Lemonade Springs where the bluebird sings in the Big Rock Candy Mountains. In the Big Rock Candy Mountains, the jails are made of tin. You can slip right out again as soon as they put you in. There ain't no short-handled shovels, no axes, saws, nor picks. I'm bound to stay where you sleep all day Where they hung the jerk that invented work In the Big Rock Candy Mountain Oh, the buzzing of the bees in the cigarette trees By the soda water fountain By the lemonade springs where the bluebird sings In the Big Rock Candy Mountain
7: You gotta make a decision Leave tonight or live and die this way So I remember when we were driving Driving in your car Speed so fast it felt like I was drunk City lights day out before And your arm felt nice like scrap around my shoulder And I, I, I Had a feeling that I belonged Buy a bigger house and live in the suburbs I remember when we were driving Driving in your car the Speed so fast it felt like I was drunk City lights lay out before us And your arms felt nice Felt round my shoulder And I, I, Had a feeling that I belonged I, I Had a feeling I could be someone be someone, be someone You got a fast car, I got a job, that pays all our bills Instead of drinking, they at the boss Some more your friends than you do your kids I'd always hope for better Thought maybe together you and me find it that got no plans, I ain't going nowhere Take your fast car and keep on driving. You got a fast car. Is it fast enough so you can fly away? You gotta make a decision. Leave tonight or live and die this way.
8: laugh That was, it takes a lot to laugh, it takes a train to cry. Bob Dylan, Dylan, <clears throat> playing there with uh, Susan Tedeschi, who absolutely blows the song away. Two or three heavy-duty. guitar solos. <clears throat> this is the B... Um, before we go any further let me inform you you're listening to Labor and Love Radio. My name is Bill Morgan aka the B and every week this time at 10 a.m. Saturday morning we bring you a labor show. Labor opinion, labor history, Labor commentary, what's going on now, what went on before, how they are united. This is the show where we tell you how it is if one person gets a dollar they didn't work for. Someone else worked for a dollar they didn't get. You don't have a seat. At the negotiating table where you work, You're on the menu. You can bet on that. And Never but never let anyone into your heart who is not a friend of labor. It's only a waste of time. So, yeah, that was it. A lot to laugh, a train to cry. Bob Dylan, ably, backed up by Susan Tedeschi. And before that, we had... uh, Tracy Chapman with a song that really put her on the map as a, an original and uh, self-rhythmic <laughs> I like that artist folk artist but with fresh live let's say woke uh-oh <laughs> lyrics and before that we had Pete Seeger got a lot of Pete Seeger from um, from Flat Black Plastic Scott Walker and that one was the Big Rock Candy Mountain song the song of the hobos who traveled back and forth across this nation Sleeping in camps by the side of the road, hopping freights, working people, migrant laborers, actually. Boil it down. And uh, the Big Rock Candy Mountain. Peace. What have we got for you today? Uh, We're going to feature the first part in part biography, autobiography of the Wobblies, a film that was produced not long ago and tells the story of the industrial workers of the world, one of the very biggest and most effective unions. Country. Uh, they were so effective that the state took it upon themselves to attack them at every turn, throw them in jail, send goons. And what Woody Guthrie would call the uh, vigilante. Talk a little bit about our credos. Things that we believe here at Labor and Love Radio. And that you should believe too, or else you don't think about them. So you're not that, just not that in the politics. The mm-hmm. boss is. Landlord is. Your insurance company is. Add, and every day they use their political power to keep your pay low, raise your rent, and deny you coverage. Time to get. How about this one? Can I tell you a secret? I don't even care about immigrants in this country. Without social security numbers, they aren't privy to that welfare. People claim they get. The vast majority of them are normal people trying to live a better life. That get to be bad. When did it get to be bad to come to the US in order to work? This whole wall deportee legal's BS is just the one percent convincing the working poor, to blame a subset of the working poor for the fact that they're all poor. Instead of realizing the reason they're all poor is due to the vast income inequality, which, by the way, gets worse every day. Resource price inflation in combination with wage stagnation. Please use your brains. The existence of another poor person is not why you're poor. Because the people who control everything refuse okay about that Let's see if we anyway you get the idea because they're not being paid enough. Seems pretty obvious, doesn't it? What have we got for you this week on Labor and Love Radio? Wobblies, radio labor, largest hotel workers strike in American history, ready to start. Labor history in two, neoliberalism has wrecked the Canadian labor movement. What's going to happen with them? EPS Teamsters Union Struggle. So we've got a full show to you. educate, enlighten, inform. Start with our radio labor.
9: News on Radio Labor.
2: This is a Radio Labor Report recorded on Thursday, June 15th, 2023. I'm Mark Boulanger.
10: On December 9th, 2021, we won the first Starbucks union in the U.S. at my store. <laughs>
2: That is Michelle Eisen. She was speaking at the 2023 Congress of the International Union of Food Workers. The IUF has 12 million members in countries all around the world. It is holding its Congress in Geneva, Switzerland, June 13th to 16th, 2023.
10: I started with Starbucks in 2010. I'm a production stage manager in the theater industry and I needed a flexible day job that would provide me with health benefits. Enter Starbucks a self-proclaimed progressive company that stated that they cared about the environment, the community and their workers or partners as they referred to them. And for a time after I was hired, I really believed that to be the case. Fast forward to June of 2021, I like hundreds of thousands of service workers in the US worked through the bulk of the COVID pandemic in customer facing positions, putting ourselves and our families at risk daily And in almost all cases, the companies that we worked for completely failed us. We were called essential, but we were treated as disposable. And I was done. I didn't know where I was going, but I knew I could not continue to work for a company that so blatantly undervalued its partners. At most, I had a few months left in me. Right before I was planning to leave, I received a text from one of my fellow workers. She asked if we could meet for a coffee after one of our shifts that week, which I thought was odd because we literally serve coffee all day. But I agreed, and it was at that meeting that she asked me what I thought about the possibility of Starbucks unionizing. To which I replied, I'd never thought about it. I didn't know much about organized labor, but I did know that it included very little of the service industry and even less of the fast food service industry. But in spite of that, I asked her to tell me everything she could. When I was done, I calmly explained that while I was interested, I didn't know that I would have a lot of time to commit. After all, the theater industry was opening back up post-pandemic, and I was going to be very busy with production work. But I certainly had no intention of standing in their way. Then about a week after we filed our union petition, I was called into my first anti-union meeting with corporate. We sat in a circle at a hotel conference room and listened to Ross Ann Williams, the then president of Starbucks North America, tell us that we were all partners and that the company had already given us so much. And at the same time, she was threatening us. And I saw the looks on the faces of my coworkers as we were being bullied and manipulated into voting against our best interests. And that's the moment I realized that I could not take a passive role in this fight that not actively working against my fellow workers was not the same as standing with them. They concluded the meeting by saying they were just giving us the facts and that if we wanted more information about the union, we should contact a union rep. So I raised my hand and I said, I'm one of the partner organizers and I'd be happy to answer any questions any of you may have. And there was no turning back from there. On December 9th, 2021, we won the first Starbucks union in the U.S. at my store. Since then, our campaign has grown into a movement. As of today, we have over 320 unionized locations across the U.S., encompassing about 8,000 newly organized workers, with more joining every day. I've been told many times that our campaign is different. That is unlike organizing campaigns of the past. And while that's true in some ways, it's more accurate to say that what Starbucks workers are doing is an extension of what many worker organizers throughout labor history have already done. We've been able to harness social media and video platforms to talk with workers across the country and globe, and these have been invaluable tools. But the most important lesson of our success is that the basic elements of organizing are the same as they were 100 years ago. Our movement is rooted in the the ability to connect with one another on a human level through the interests we share in our workplaces and industries. Using those techniques refined from previous organizing efforts, we have created a campaign that is largely worker-led. We refer to them as partner organizers. That means workers from organized stores connecting and helping workers organize at other stores. We also play large roles in other aspects of the campaign, such as communications, broader strategy questions, and media. I mentioned earlier how little I knew about organized labor before my involvement with this campaign, but that I knew it included very little of the fast food service industry. In large part, that was because it's an industry that has been long thought to be unorganizable for a multitude of reasons, some of the most apparent being the average age of the workforce, very young, and the notoriously high turnover rate both of which can seem like a deterrent to unions hoping to organize these workers. But I'd like to take this opportunity to remind people that there have been other industries in history that also fit this description and were also once thought to be a lost cause, but are now highly organized, meatpacking and home care industries being just two examples. Like many low-wage industries, there is a pervasive way of thinking that has been drilled into most food service workers that the jobs are unskilled, that we don't deserve fair wages and safe working conditions, that being disrespected regularly is just part of the job, and if we don't like it, we can work somewhere else. Anybody who has ever spent a day on the floor in one of these cafes can tell you that these jobs are far from unskilled. Our labor is valuable. It brings in billions of dollars a year for Starbucks, and without our labor, the business would simply cease to exist. And the same can be said for every large corporation that makes up this industry. I hope that this movement is a small step in changing that way of thinking. Despite this overwhelmingly negative response from Starbucks and companies like them, we have found ourselves at the forefront of a new labor movement. Workers recognize their power and are choosing to stand together to demand change, not only for themselves and the situation at present but for future workers in their industry. This generation of workers is looking to solve workplace issues for the long term. We want our industry to be a career for those who choose that, not just a stop along the way. By fixing the workplace issues that lead to high turnover and allowing for worker retention, we can truly create an environment where a democratic workplace can thrive, leading to a strong, lasting union. But it takes a lot of support to organize an industry like ours, and a lot of unions would consider our campaign too big a risk to take on. Fortunately for us, Workers United and SEIU have been willing to take on that challenge in the US. Our hope now is to expand this beyond the borders of our country and truly make this a global movement. Starbucks is a multinational corporation, and it is safe to say that the poor treatment of their workers is consistent across the world. And Starbucks is just one company that fits this description. There are many, many more just like them. The workers in my industry are ready to take on this challenge. Are you ready to support them? I'm often asked what it will take to win this fight. And to me, the answer is simple, at least in theory. We continue to organize. We continue to support our fellow workers. We stand together to condemn Starbucks' anti-union behavior. And we ask the public and all of you to do the same. Because we're not only fighting corporate, but also the public brand of Starbucks. If Starbucks truly were the progressive company it professes to be, it would recognize our right to organize and be a leader in the industry, both in the US and abroad. And I have a lot of hope that we will get there. But until then, we will continue to stand together and we will continue to fight together.
8: Hey, that was Michelle Eisen, a worker at Starbucks. Movement we the unionize. Largest hotel workers' strike in modern U.S. history may begin soon on popularresistance.org. June 22nd, nearly 200 workers, union leaders, progressive politicians, and other community members were arrested in a mass civil disobedience action. 200 demonstrators sat down in the middle of the road in Los Angeles, protecting themselves to arrest to demand f- better wages, housing fund, benefits, safer workloads, We unite here local 11 workers in Los Angeles. Workers are gearing up to possibly Strike after their contract with Hyatt, IHG, Hilton, and Marriott Hotels in LA expires on June 30th. Local 11 workers authorized a strike on June 8th with 96% approval. The strike would involve over 15,000 union hotel workers. Largest hotel strike in modern U.S. history. Hotel workers that keep the tourism and hospitality industry alive in one of the richest cities of the world no longer afford to live in the city where they. Live. During the pandemic, says Unite Here Local 11, hotels received U.S. 15 billion US dollars in federal bailouts, cut jobs and guest services such as daily room cleaning. 2023 hotel profits in Los Angeles and Orange County exceeded pre pandemic. According to a union survey, 53% of workers say they have moved in the past five years or will move because of the rising cost of housing. Some workers commute hours from neighboring cities, a nationwide phenomenon that contributes emissions to the climate crisis. Also, I'm sure, contributes to the rate of accidents, automotive accidents. As a result, Local 11 has put forward the radical proposal of a hospitality workforce housing fund to assist workers in paying for housing, a positive step in uniting labor and housing movement. Just take a pause here. This is one of the new things now that's coming out in these Workers are talking about housing, about housing so they don't have to drive hours to get to their jobs. Affordable housing. And we always think of housing industry, the building trades, and industry workers being at odds, unions, and building trades. Here's a place where they're together. Workers need places to live. Contracts expire June 30th, and employers like Hyatt have failed to agree to anything close to the wages workers say they need to live with dignity in cities where they work. Weston Bonaventure reached a historic deal with 600 workers on June 29th with a strike on the horizon. According to Local 11, the deal includes unprecedented wage increases, affordable, excellent family health care, and humane and safe staffing, among others. Okay, well, let's keep our eye on that. That's something that's on the horizon. There's a project in Daly City now to build teacher housing so teachers can live close to where they work. This is one of the new wrinkles in the labor movement. The labor movement evolves and workers talk about what they need to keep working. UPS Teamster. Also unpopular resistance. UPS Teamsters union struggle is critical for all workers. And the upcoming battle to save tens and thousands of jobs from automation. Something new. AI automation, another name for the same thing. Machines, robots, Doing the work that people do now. 340,000 workers, members of the Teamsters Union, worked tirelessly during the worst of the COVID pandemic. Despite exhaustion from overwork, disease, and family tragedies, they saved lives by delivering packages to those quarantined. Meanwhile, bosses at UPS lived in luxury as profits soared to $56.3 billion. Stock buybacks, $5.4 billion in dividends. Every penny of that profit is due to the labor, no doubt about it. Michelle, the woman talking about Starbucks, commented, if the workers stop working, the company falls apart. If the middle managers and the owners and the board members are gone, the workers still know how to do the work. Teamsters' union negotiators reject insulting UPS economic proposals. Current contract expires soon. Every day the company delays making a realistic offer to the union. Closer workers come to a strike authorized by 97% of the rank and file. The union has already achieved 55 tentative agreements on essential issues including outfitting of new vehicles, A.C. and fitting others with fans, new protections against discrimination based on gender identity or sexual orientation, increased penalties to the company for wage theft, harassment, and working management, and a host of other items. So the hotel workers strike. And the UPS strike. One more. Workers in Kansas, 6,000 workers in Kansas. For to come up with that, one. Don't see it here. Canadian labor movement. How little we know about Canada, huh? I'll bet most people know more about Western Europe than about Canada, labor, or Mexico. We're Europe Junior, quote George Carlin. Europe Junior. Okay. Set for him. Dad was a great ambassador.
9: do or nothing I can say that folks don't criticize me but I'm going to do just as I want to anyway and don't care just what people say If I should take the notion To jump into the ocean Ain't nobody's business if I do If I go to church on Sunday then cabaret all day Monday Ain't nobody's business If I do If my man ain't got no money And I say take all of mine, honey Ain't nobody's business If I do If I give him my last nickel And it leaves me in a pickle Ain't nobody's business If I do Well, I'd rather my man to hit me than for him to jump up and quit me ain't nobody's business if I do I swear I won't call no copper if I'm beat up by my papa. Ain't nobody's business if I do...
8: Three were for my dad um, William Robert Morgan. <clears throat> man who loved his music. heard uh, stompin at the Savoy by Benny Goodman. And the the importance of that song was that the Savoy was literally the only place. In the country, maybe? I don't know. But certainly the only place around New York where black and white dancers could get together and dance with one another, against one another, on the same dance floor. Stomping at the Savoy, Benny Goodman. And then a really modern-sounding jazz tune by Artie Shaw, Summit Ridge Drive and then last Billy Holiday I do mean, he's not a big Billy Holiday fan but he certainly liked that song and he would play it often and comment on it ain't nobody's business. Right, what do we got here? 6,000 workers strike Spirit Aerosystems in Wichita, Kansas. After an overwhelming rejection of the sellout tentative contract, which was backed by their union, District 70, Local Lodge 839 of the International Association of Machinists, aerospace workers, According to IAM, the contract was rejected by 79% of members, and 85% voted in favor of strike. Ahead of the walkout, the company paused production, effectively locking workers out. The contract that the workers rejected contained a measly 16% raise over four years under conditions where spirit already pays wages below industry standards. If inflation stays at 4%, a raise would constitute a wage cut in real terms. One thing you always got to consider when you hear about, oh, well, the company's offering this, oh, that, but over how many years? You're, if the raise is less than inflation, you're losing money. It's a pay cut. Workers are calling for higher, both higher w- raises as well as better health care coverage. Workers reporting that the tentative agreement calls for a doubling of health care co-pays. Some offer, huh? You're going to double, double the cost of your medical insurance. A lot of strikes now are centered on medical insurance and other quality-of-life issues. Spirit is an international parts manufacturer serving various lines of commercial aircraft, such as the popular Airbus A-series of passenger jets, Boeing 700 series of passenger jets, and Bombardier business. contract covers 55% of Spirit's 12,000 U.S. workers, the majority of whom are employed in Wichita. Writers noted, Spirit is one of the most consequential suppliers for aerospace heavyweights like Boeing and Airbus. It also produces parts for an expen- extensive list of military aircraft. Spirit workers are in a powerful position. Already the strike has caused Boeing shares to fall 2.4% and Spirit to drop 9. percent Writers noted a prolonged work stoppage at Spirit could have ripple effects for the aircraft makers its supplies, eventually forcing them to slow or stop jetliner assembly at a time when both Airbus and Boeing, ramping up production. Right. Okay, so... Watch those. Those are big labor. Starbucks, places like Starbucks are little labor, but there are a lot of them. <laughs> um, how are you going to celebrate the fourth? Our way of celebrating the fourth is to initiate our three-part history of the IWW. The National work. Let's say Labor 411 will tell us which things we celebrate with our union men. Okay. the great Coleman Hawkins. Right now, I wanted to play the 411. Labor 411 is a really valuable asset. And um, I don't pay nearly the attention to it. Good. Labor 411. Okay, we're back now. I, I got it. Labor 411 is a website that tells you which products that you might be consuming are union-made and which are not. Union-made hot dogs and more, the website says, our July 4th shopping guide. Okay, here we go. If you're going to have hot dogs, ballpark hot dogs. UFCW, Butterball, Farmer John, Hebrew National, Hormel, Oscar Mayer, uh, UFCW, United Food and Commercial. Buns, Arnold, Ballpark, Schwabels, condiments, French's mustard, Goulden's mustard, Ray Popon, Heinz ketchup, classic relish, soft drinks. If you got to, Coca-Cola, uh, part of the UAW, 7-Up, a doctor Pepper, ice cream, good humor, and Prairie Farm. How about snacks? Cheez-Its, Fritos, Mission tortilla chips, Ritz, Ruffles, Sun Chips, Triscuits, Wheat Thins. If you live in the LA area, it's Union night at Dodger Stadium, September 23rd. Is it Union? Uh, coffee Cup app. So check out Labor 411. Right now, I want to get to the Wobblies movie. And uh, if you haven't heard of the Wobblies or you know l- very little about them, the Wobblies, especially the in- industrial workers of the world, were probably the most effective radical union. They, they didn't think much of elections. They figured that the elections were controlled by the ruling class anyway. And the only way to bust down the wage system was to have a general strike of all workers. They organized all workers, black, white, women, Latinos, all over the West mostly, but they were involved in some big strikes in the East Coast. And of course they provoked a response They were not as far as their doctrines were called. They were not violent. Wobblies didn't blow things up even though people some people said they did. Generally speaking, they were victimized by
11: Watch the history some of the Probably.
12: What's your name? Sam Scarlet. What's your religion? The IWW. That ain't no religion. The only one I got. Who's your next of kin? I don't have any. Well, who's your best friend? Big Bill Haywood. He's in here with you. He's still my best friend. What's your nationality? None. Well, what country are you a citizen of? I am a citizen of industry. Where is your home? Cook County Jail. Before that? County Jail, Cleveland, Ohio. And before that? City Jail, Akron, Ohio. Look, are you a citizen? No, I'm an industrial worker
13: of the world.
5: B.C. and uh, the uh, Chinaman couldn't pronounce W and so he called it I-Wobble-Wobble and so out of the I-Wobble-Wobble came the one Wobbly.
14: The one who was a working man could not be denied membership for any reason, as long as he was an actual wage worker, race, creed, color, uh, any, for any sex. reason. Uh, sex. whatever. <laughs> if he was an actual wage worker within the industry, he was entitled to membership.
5: system of what they call dog-eat-dog, dog, you know, this idea that everybody lived off of everybody else, and mostly off the working class, uh, when they voiced these ideas, of course they they, they upset people, and people were just upset because those words, I-W-W, with a, a, a fear phrase for 10 or 15 years in the United States.
15: Have mansions of gold in the sky and live in a shack away in the back. Would you have wings up in heaven to fly
12: and starve here with rags on your back? There is, fire, there is fire.
1: change you would have eggs and ham then come do your share
4: like
16: WW stood for Industrial Workers of the World. Work, good wages, and respect. That's what they wanted for the workers. To be people, not nobody. Say those three letters, I, W,
13: W. I, Industrial Work of the World. And the union, this IWW, they to try to organize all workers into one union.
11: Yeah, you know, a lot of their slogans put out used to tickle me. One they used uh, an awful lot was, trust in the Lord and sleep in the street. Another one was, Jesus saves the willing slaves. <laughs> I never know that yet. <laughs> We'd pass them all over the country, little uh, little two by four stickers, you know. Or a gumball on the back, and you just wet them and stick them up on them. There is power,
4: there is power in a land of working men. When they stand, let they stand, hand in hand, hand in hand. That's a power, that's a power that must rule in every land. One industrial union
5: grand. At the turn of the century, America was changing rapidly, from a basically rural society to an urban industrial one. In the completion of the Great Railroad from coast to coast, single the end of the frontier, the population had increased five times, from 12 million to 60 million. the striking features of the period was the rapid growth of the enormous corporations which began to control the basic industries. Largest among them, Rockefeller Standard Oil and Carnegie's US Steel Corporation.
16: They used to say about owning the factories, which I think would have been a nice thing to do. We would've all worked happy, got a little the profits for ourselves, which would've been nice instead of one man or two. What was wrong about that? They didn't talk really bad. They were telling the truth. Who wouldn't like it like that? While well, the others are making millions and you're making nothing. Any
12: man who pays more for labor than the lowest sum he can get them for
11: is robbing his stockholders. Well, they were talking about building the one big industrial union and uh, to put the working class in charge of the means of production, more or less without regard to capitalist masters. They're just going to take it over and abolish the wage system. But they're a little vague on where they went from there, you know.
12: The laboring man will be protected not by labor agitators, but by men of property.
5: Efficiency and control with the watchwords for the new employing class. This was evident in the introduction of the assembly line and time and motion study. One class
16: owns the industry and does not operate them.
12: Another class operates them and
5: does not own them. One of the events that uh, certainly struck a young man was the industrial warfare, the strife between capital and labor, and workers and
11: employers.
14: I can hire one half the working class
16: to kill the other half.
14: But
11: unskilled labor
14: had
5: almost no representation whatever. AFL didn't take in unskilled workers, and they had no voice to speak for them. It was these conditions who were largely responsible for the founding of the industrial workers of the world. I remember reading of the founding convention of the Industrial Workers of the World, which took place in Chicago in 1905, and headed by men who were already well known to newspaper readers. Big Bill Hayward, for instance, of the Western Federation of Miners, and Eugene B. Debs, candidate for president on the Socialist Party ticket, Mother Jones,
12: and many others. Fellow workers! This is the Continental Congress of the working class. I don't give a snap of my fingers whether skilled workers join this union or not. We don't need them. There are 35 million workers in this country that aren't organized yet. What we want to establish at this time is an organization that will open wide its doors to every man or woman That earns his livelihood by
11: brain or muscle. My dad warned me about him. He said, no, remember, he's a a great speaker, an influential speaker, a good orator. But what he's talking about is just a dream. It can never happen. It'd be a good thing if it could, but it just can't happen. So it's just a dream. And I had a brother, Emmett, who ran away from home
5: and joined the IWW in Kansas, and that's where I first heard of the IWW. Of course, in the papers in Missouri at that time, they built them up as a bunch of devils who are
11: sabotaging the world.
14: I tried to sign up in 1914, but I could never catch a delegate with any supplies. I tried again in 1915. Uh, this, I had been a member of the Socialist Party of America, previous this, and had taken into mine not-free-speech fight. And there is where I first saw the IWW in action. And I asked them whether it would be
5: possible for a person with my background to join the organization. And they said, well, you would need a most welcome fellow worker, and uh, anyone who Anybody
11: who wants to join and work with us is welcome. Well, that's when I joined the R.W.W. in 1914, in the woods, the Cloquet Lumber Company. I was working for them. And they had maybe 30, 40 Wobblies out in camp. I looked them up and joined them. They kind of surprised the job delegate there. He'd never heard of anybody come up and volunteer to join. (laughs)
12: The Wobbly movement has never been more than a radical fungus on the labor movement. Those who could not fit into a normal, rational movement.
14: The AF of L... We used to call it the F of Hell. The AF of L with its divisiveness. They, these were skilled workers, machinists and so forth. They had no use whatever for the uh, unskilled or the semi-skilled.
12: The IWW... Set up because it was so. Uh, its reason for coming into existence was that the evolution of modern industry had made this craft system, which once upon a time was reasonably germane to the facts of industrial life, it had made it obsolete. It it just didn't fit modern industry.
15: Didn't know what the AFL was, especially with no such thing as the F L on the riverfront in this port. In the ports
5: of the Atlantic. And of the Gulf Coast, black-and-white workers were organized in the same unions, which the AFL and the established unions did not
15: permit. Well, we were on the, the farm, and conditions were just bad. My parents heard of Pennsylvania, and so to speak, where you could break up money out of the street. And he decided, you know, to come north. Getting jobs as far as the Negroes or black is concerned was pretty rough. And the IWW was the only thing it was accepting Negro or black workers. You know, without um with you know, with I mean freely. We had on um, Fletcher, he was a Negro, and we had one Niff. He was white, but he was a very dedicated Union man. Both of these men, we'd have our pep talks and whatnot. And Fletcher, after he make a speech or something other, like solidarity, all for one, and one for all. jobs, of course. They would would have a rough job even on deck. And if a white came along, why, I didn't have no job. I'd have to go back. Something else. Yeah. The work was so rough, we had to use hand trucks. And two men would load that truck, freight. We'd have to truck it over very rough floors to the side of the ship to be loaded worked 10 hours, uh, people were getting hurt, one after another, just going to the hospital. We had no medical uh, safety rules, anything like that. When the contract ran out, we'd go in for a contract, nothing doing, we had to go out on strike. The results of that, while we were on strike, people were transported from different parts of the country to break strikes. Some would be having, you know, guns as same as they were at the law, and they would be these vans going down. They would be escorted by police escorts on motorcycles. And a striker would have as much chance before the strikebreakers as a rabbit would have before a gunner. Mm-hmm. IWW was there, was something for the working man. Didn't make any difference who you was, what kind of work you did. They was into, they was out to organize all working people.
5: In addition to the large migrations from country to city, and from south to the north, by the early part of the century. Nearly 30 million immigrants from Eastern and Western Europe had helped swell the ranks of unskilled labor.
16: The trip, well, we were in the steerage. Big room, a lot of people there, all their belongings on the floor, little kids running around All oh, the noise. was. I was little, I was only five years old, but it was terrible.
5: Many of these immigrants found their way to the textile mills of the Northeast, working under the worst imaginable conditions. Low wages, unsanitary housing, long hours, little education. (laughs) One of the IWW's largest, most successful strikes, Broke out in Lawrence, Massachusetts in 1912 among the workers in the willow mills.
0: <speaking> Did <in> you get the right pay? <Spanish>
13: no, what about you? A short. Short pay. Shut it down. Tagliate le
1: cinghie, tagliate le cinghie,
4: fermate
17: on the spinning room, and this bunch, they come upstairs, and uh, they stop the belt from the machine. They cut them, and uh, they told us to to get out and go home, so we stayed
16: out.
13: From Washington Mill, we went to the Cunard Mill. The Cunard Mill, that mill there. Try to get uh, the workers out, all out. So the, then the workers of the the workers of the Cunard Mill follow follow us, or the Washington Mill. From the Washington Mill we went to the Dock Mill, Dock Mill, the corner there. And then from there we came over to the Wood Mill here, the Wood Mill and the air Mill. After the strike took place. I sent for Joe Adder an organizer of the I.W.W. We had the first mass meeting. We made him on the common, see? And he spoke to us and said, get together and all, stay together, that we win eventually, see? Greek, Polish people, and Lithuanian, uh, Syrians, and Portuguese, uh, and then uh, Franco-Belgian, Franco-American, and we form a general committee and a committee for each nationality. There were 24 nationalities in 1990. So that's the way the strike began.
0: In the good old picket
1: line, in the good old picket
9: One Saturday,
17: they were just parading up Essex Street, and they had a lot of children, and the the children were being sent to New York, to people who would take them and keep them fed and clothed and in school while they were on street. You know, even yet, when I think of to separate kids from their families when they were in such dire need and trouble. The mothers were crying, the fathers were crying,
13: and they were kissing the kids goodbye and everything. And we had two soup kitchen. And then we we feed all the people who want to eat. And then we buy food and we distribute the few, the macaroni, beans, bread and so on, and we give it to the people as much as we can. You understand? And that was my job, to take care of that. Oh, it was hard striking, all right. It was hard strike. you see. Well, you know, we had the militia come over.
5: Our company, of militia, went down to Lawrence during the first days of strike. Most of them had to leave Harvard to do it, but they rather enjoyed going down there to have a fling at these people. Orders were not to shoot until it was absolutely... Necessary. But then, shoot to kill. Many heads were cracked open this first week. But not one dollar of damage was done to any of the mills guarded by the soldiers.
16: The IWW has been accused of putting the women in the front. The truth is, the IWW does not keep them in the back
17: and they go to the front.
1: Shall we still be slaves and work for wages? It is outrageous, has been for ages.
0: This earth by right belongs to toilers and not to spoilers of liberty.
13: They uh, killed Anna Lupizzo, one of the strike and accused the Angelo Caruso, one of the strikers, of killing her, killing her. But a police officer killed Anna Lupita, and accused the two-strike leader, Joe After and Arturo Giovanetti, of inciting to kill. That did not break the strike. Is, uh, this leader got arrested and the strike continued. After
5: Eder and Giovanetti had been locked up, The IWW sent Big Bill Hayward to Lawrence to take over leadership of the strike.
17: But Hayward, he was a big man, and I can remember him up there in the common, and he, you know, beating his arms up and pounding his fist. I remember that very well.
12: The IWW advocates violence of the most violent sort. Violence that consists of keeping our mouths shut and our hands in our pockets. In doing this, and staying on strike, we are committing the most violent of acts, cutting off our labor. Let them weave cloth with bayonets.
13: And after that, about a couple of weeks afterwards, the mill owner gave gave up, and we had the meeting with the secretary of the Manufacturer Association. Just about nine weeks after the strike began, and that's right, we settle up the strike. And that's when they call us un-American, I think they're very inconsistent with the idea of American Revolution. So I. And I disagree entirely with the idea that were, we were foreign now, right? We were. Well, we were foreign. We we're born in a foreign country, but we most, most of us, we love America much more than uh, the owners of the mill did. was over. The the business people alone give us a banquet to the strike leader. Yeah, the, and I remember we had a soup kitchen, a chicken soup. And that's a wonderful soup. And I, I stay and I make it now myself. We like that sort of a chicken soup. Is a, very happy? Oh everybody the all the strike was happy, the strike was happy and the community was happy too. That was all over. And it was a much better Condition looks the and after the strike. Yeah.
5: A year after the Lawrence strike, another strike broke out in Patterson, New Jersey, in the silk manufacturing center of the country. But this time, despite the strike in solidarity and endurance, they were defeated in their demands for the eight hour day and higher wages.
17: Conditions, they are bad, and some of you are sad. You cannot see your enemy, the class that lives in luxury. You working men are poor, will be forevermore, as long as you permit the few to guide your destiny. It was one of the girls, my girlfriend, that I had uh, met at a wobbly picnic. And uh, we both went out to look for a job. We would take jobs in unorganized factories, try to organize them and of course as soon as they found out no one uh, suddenly uh, they didn't know how it happened we looked such innocent young girls that they never thought that we were capable of <laughs> of even believing in a union and we did and conditions became worse and worse and there was only one thing to do you either had to Just stop living or become a rebel. And that is when the IWW
16: came in. Agitators. A bunch of agitators are in Patterson. Agitators.
17: How did you feel about
16: that? I used to get mad. I said, they're not agitating us. They're just telling us the truth. So on a Thursday, when the timer come up,
13: we supposed to go on a strike. The boss, he come by me, he grabbed me by the neck. He said, Mike, if you don't cut it out, I'm going to throw you out the window. Then I said, listen, Pete, before you're going to throw me out the window, i got going to get out through the door.
16: So on the way out, we met so many other people. All the factories were coming out and pouring out. And we all walked to Turnhall, where we held the meeting. And as we were there, then our organizers came in, the IWW. Treska, Elizabeth Gurley Flynn, Patrick Quinlan, hayward Beautiful people. They were so wonderful. They gave us hope. You know, they just made us feel as though we were going to change the world. And Gurley Flint, she was beautiful. And once she held a meeting for us, all girls, all women. And uh, she said, would you like to have soft hands like your boss's daughters? We said, yes. Would you like to have pretty dresses like your boss's daughters? Yes, but you can't have them. So we got mad again. We didn't think that was fair. We worked, and their daughters didn't work.
1: There are
17: women of many descriptions in this queer world, as everyone knows. Some are living in beautiful mansions and are wearing the finest of clothes. There are blue-blooded queens and princesses Who have charms made of diamonds and pearls. But the only and thoroughbred
14: lady is the rebel
16: girl. They just say that...
8: Stop now. That's uh, part one of... <coughs> documentary, recently made, check it out, it gives a very solid history people, people who were involved in the why they got involved? What the condition Okay, it's time for us to leave. I'll you over to that black plastic issue. Back next week for more labor history, commentary, opinion, Uh, Japanese classical. Guitarist, Yuri Remember, One person gets a dollar they didn't work for. Someone else worked for a dollar they didn't get. You don't have a seat at the table, the negotiating table that is, where you work. You're on the menu. Never but never let anyone into your heart. Of time. Goodbye, good week, and good work.
3: internet streaming live.
12: Dog friendly. Are ye on a raft without a pattern?
13: Well, gather around me sea dogs and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of mutiny FM.
18: This all-ages open mic invites Oh, pre-sign by Venmoing $2 to $5 at Mutiny Radio. Join us live for a small and special audience at the Mutiny Radio Studio and Gallery Performance Space, 2781 21st Street at Florida Street in the deep, deep, deep mission. But I'm not swinging through the senior facility, Best of Mysterio at Boggle, or getting beautifully plowed by the Rhino. I'm headed down to Beauty Radio at the corner of Twenty First and Florida. They got Slum Shlemiel doing the laugh laugh. But hey, don't be a schmuck and donate two to five dollars. Hold hold on, what is this? Let me get my glasses. The print's too small. Ben Bow? That's not real.
2: Show up to go out for comics, and please reserve your free tickets on Eventbrite so we know you're coming to laugh. There is <laughs> happy, happy hour the, is when the comedy is the cheapest. Happy
3: hour, the most free two hours of hour-long comedy on the radio and internet streaming.
0: Daddy, Daddy,
1: what are we going to do today?
2: At 2 p.m. on a Saturday afternoon?
1: Oh, over there, at the parklet in front of Atlas Cafe for titans tons of Comedy.
2: that That's Titans of Comedy. Apparently they've got great sandwiches, cafe drinks, and even some of my favorite beverages, like beer, wine, and sangria. All the things I drink to forget your mother.
1: I knew.
2: Anywho.
1: With the freezers. Freezer
2: Reservations on Eventbrite. Back in public schools.
3: In a tri-level dual world of stand-up comedy, laughter has value, and the unexpected laugh is priceless. Who is that? Live.com comedy local shows on sale now. Everyone that purchases a ticket will automatically be entered into a true drawing. Who wants to focus on the genre of stand up comedy and those that. <laughs> go to whoisthatlive.com for upcoming shows.
4: Join us on a journey Wednesdays, into the absurd. Da-da Wednesdays, da-da Wednesdays. Da-da
3: Wednesdays.
4: Wednesdays. Radio Havana. 1109 Valencia. Twenty second in San Francisco, the Warrior Improv, the music Live. every Wednesday from seven PM to ten PM. Out.
0: Is called Acid and Fapping. San Francisco, Newton Radio. San Francisco, Newton Radio. Listen to live streaming radio or download a podcast, and you can listen.